I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You in London right now? I am. Yes. Talk to me about life in London under quarantine. Um, life in London. Oh, I've got itchy feet. I feel like I've been stuck in one place for too long. But outside of that, <laughs> the weather it has been great, which is rare for London. So this oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, really. It's a good time to have nice weather during the during the lockdown. I guess. I mean, at least you're not under a bunch of gray clouds. Unfortunately, I guess you can't go outside and enjoy it too much. Well. But- been actually walking around my neighborhood a lot more than before and discovering new parks and nature and trails and so um yes had it not been for the quarantine i probably wouldn't have spent so much time outside in london walking around so it's it's strange but i've got friends in uh well so mariah and i we're in montana right now and uh of course we're going on tons of walks and stuff i mean the county that we live in there's only like two confirmed cases so it's not too crazy around here but in los angeles i have a bunch of friends who they're like discovering they've lived you know in a certain place for five or ten years and they're just now discovering their neighborhood because they're getting out and walking and meeting neighbors that they haven't met before and yeah yeah, it's pretty uh (laughs) it's pretty wild how are people how are people responding in london to the quarantine because i find like in america every city's different it's not just you know, one particular attitude. It's like, depends on where you go. It's all different attitudes. But what are people's attitudes in London out of curiosity? To be honest with you, I'm not in touch with um, too many people out here from what I'm seeing from going to the supermarket. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's typical London. Everyone's been very compliant. And um, I've spoken to some coaching clients based in the UK and um, they've had some frustrating moments where people have broken the two meter, two meter rule. (laughs) So um, yeah, so everyone here has been really compliant and following the rules to the T and getting annoyed with those who are not following it to the T. But everyone, uh, the, the general culture here is that people are kind of less expressed than they are in America. So I wouldn't expect anything different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. I wish people would follow the rules in the United States. It's like you have this one camp who goes by the rules and then you've got this other camp where people are like, it's, it's fake or, you know, I'll live through it. It doesn't matter. And it's, it's unfortunate because yeah, I mean, healthy people will, will live through it, but it's, you know, it's passing it on. That's the problem is other people getting it who wouldn't be as fortunate. So you are a, that's right, you're a life coach. So you've got, you've got some clients. Um, how has that been going? I guess, I guess you're probably, you probably do a lot of stuff over the phone, over Zoom, you know, over online in general, but how, how has that coaching business been going? Um, when everything first hit, a lot of people pulled back due to fear. It was sort of like, well, I don't know whether I can afford to spend money on this, but I kind of need this. So I don't know whether I can afford not to spend money on this. So it was, it was strange. Um, and now it's, um, really picking up and thriving. So I think, um, there was a kind of transition period with people in terms of what does this mean? What can I do? How is this impacting me? And different people are being different, uh, impacted in different ways. So it's been interesting that, to kind of. That's awesome. I'm glad that it's been picking up for you. Um, I know that you and I, we just had like a little 30 minute session when you were in Los Angeles. It was right before 
uh, Josh and I were recording our second documentary and you were helping me with, oh, just the emotion that I was going through before recording this documentary in 30 minutes. I mean, it just, it changed my whole world. So I can only imagine how you're helping people through this time when there's a lot of uncertainty going on. I, so is there anything that you talk to your, your, your clients or your students about keeping a good attitude through this? Like how, how could, how, how have you been directing people to kind of keep uh, the best attitude possible during this time? Again, um, for different people, it's different things, but ultimately the, the key thing is learning how to kind of bring yourself to the present moment, because when there's uncertainty, your mind has to create all of the worst case scenarios in order for it to try for you to, I guess, for it to try and protect you. But all that does is involve a lot of anxiety and it just builds and builds and builds. Whereas if you can do things like walking in nature or focusing on breathing and and bringing yourself to the present moment and shifting your attention to all of the great things that have come from this, because there are lots of lessons that have come in disguise of of a pandemic. Um, it, it helps shift that chemical um, reaction within you and help you kind of just ground and relax and, and chill and let things unfold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it makes sense. It would be different for each person. Cause like for me living in Los Angeles. Um, so before we came out to Montana, we were quarantining for two weeks to make sure we didn't bring anything with us to Montana. And we stayed in our apartment for two weeks straight. I, I left twice to go to the grocery store and there was like this looming depression, anxiety, that I couldn't shake. I mean, I was, Josh and I finished our book. I was writing. We were recording podcasts. I was exercising. I was practicing Spanish and, you know, practicing guitar. Like I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing, but I couldn't shake this like depressive, this depressing feeling. And then we came out to Montana and I've been able to get outside more. And I, I haven't felt that you know, that, that depression since we came out here. And a lot of it probably has to do with, you know, getting out and walking and being in nature, like you said, but also I think the environment in Los Angeles, it's just, there's so many people. I'm sure that the, the environment itself has a bit of an effect. I went through the same thing and I think everyone did. Um, if you look, our minds are, are used to certainty and then this thing happens and it completely shatters your view of reality. So your mind is thinking what the actual beep um, is going on. So you have to go through a grieving process of life as it was in order for you to kind of readapt and reclimatize. So I, I was thinking, cause I'm usually cool as a cucumber, I'm really set, um, chilled and centered and I was meditating every morning as I usually do, but I was, I still had this immense amount of anxiety and I found myself resisting it because it had been so long since I'd experienced that before. And as soon as I allowed myself to just feel it and just be okay with just, okay, this is what's coming up right now. I don't need to make it mean anything bad. I don't need to resist it and just allow it to pass through. Once that went, it was, it was easy. So I think a lot mm. of people went through those kind of deep emotions and are still going through those deep emotions, but it's important to kind of not compare to anyone or, or judge yourself on how you think you should be feeling and allow yourself to feel the emotions without adding fuel to the fire 
um, which which can be difficult, but there are some techniques that you can use to make sure that you're just being with the emotions instead of engaging with them. So what what kind of techniques? I, when I think about the anxiety that I was feeling, I was able to hold space for it, which I think I've just been able to, I've learned how to do that over you know the last several years, holding space for these negative feelings and allowing them to be there without them ruining my day. But like exercise helps, meditation helps. What what kind of tools do um, you recommend? The the biggest one is breath because when we are anxious or under threat, our body goes into flight or flight. So um, during day to day activities, it's really subtle. We can't notice it, but we start to shallow breathe and start to breathe into our chest. But if you can consciously breathe into your abdomen, I usually go through a technique called box breathing with my clients, um, and I get them to touch their abdomen so that they can make sure that they're taking as much oxygen as they can in. So if you breathe in for a count of five, hold it for a count of five, release it slowly and relax for a count of five and hold it for a count of five and do that for about, I don't know, four to six rounds, you'll feel it will send a signal to your brain that you're not under attack, everything's safe, everything's okay. And it just really centers you and relaxes you. Um, And if you do that, if you deep breathe every time you become aware of your breathing, that just keeps you calm throughout the whole day. So that's one technique that's usually effective. And also um, doing like an emotional cleanse. So um, just with journaling at the end of the day, just journaling all of the things that you might have felt, the thoughts you were having, and just getting it out from your head onto onto paper. It almost it's it's like a, a little bit of a flush of emotion so that you can start from zero. Mm. The box breathing, you know, Someone taught me that a few months ago, and I totally forgot about it until you just brought it up. And I am, I am now remembering like how that is like an instant. It's it's a way to instantly change your state. I've got to remember that. I'll, I will say, Mariah and I, we did a, a breath work class um, with a friend of mine, and we just tried it out because he was our friend, and he was like, "Hey, try this breath work class." But it was more of a, um, it's it's almost like I felt like I was going to pass out because it was so much breathing. But in itself, it was you know it was a way to change our state too. It's the only time we did it. I actually would like to do, do another one. Doing it every day, I think, might be too much for me. But, um, but yeah, uh, I'm just speaking to how much the breath can yeah totally, totally change the state. And journaling, okay. I gotta start. I gotta start journaling again. What's that? A good person to follow for breath work is Wim Hof. He's got an amazing oh, yeah. breath work. Uh, I think he's he was doing lives for a, a few few weeks um and i know a lot of people in my network were following him and participating so yeah no that's a great recommendation i love wim hof the ice man yeah. yeah he's uh i want to be him when i grow up <laughs> he <laughs> he's is, amazing he's alive and he's hilarious <laughs> we had we actually did a uh he wasn't on a full podcast but he came into the studio and we did a uh we did like a quickie episode with him I'll have to send it over to you. It was, he was cracking us up because every other, you know, every other line out of his mouth was breathe, motherfucker, breathe. Like every, <laughs> it was, yeah. it was hilarious. He was cracking us up and his son was with him who his son, they're, they're both like just two, two outstanding men. Uh, yeah. Wim Hof is a great recommendation. Well, before I let you go, I guess, is there any other way that you can help someone who might be listening to this? Like, to be able to reframe where they're at right now 
you know, they're, if they're being flooded with negative thoughts, how can they maybe reframe what they're going through? Um, there are a couple of things in terms of reframing. I think it's um, firstly removing the things that are causing any um, anxiety. So news, maybe reducing the amount of news that's being consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, also being intentional about connecting with people. Um, I, I live by myself and I'm one of seven children. So it was important for me to make sure that every single day um, I was reaching out to a friend or family member and having a video call and speaking about everything but Corona. So my sister's pregnant um, and Mm. I've been just catching it, doing check-ins with her to figure out how she's doing. She's a week and a half till she's due. So um, and trying to keep normalcy as much as possible. Uh, I had a birthday in quarantine and it was the best birthday I've had in years. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. It is. I'm an, a natural introvert. So usually I've got anxiety around what excuse I'm going to make for not doing anything for my birthday. And this year I didn't have to. So it was amazing. But I had friends who surprise zoomed me. Um, it was it was really good. And my sister had a, her gender reveal on Zoom and she had about 30 people on Zoom and she um, told us the sex of her baby. It was really exciting. So where possible, trying to create normalcy, even though the situation is far from from normal. Um, and yeah, being intentional about looking at things to be grateful for and, and really manifesting that gratitude through visualization and journaling and just, yeah, just soaking in, in all the things that are going well rather than focusing on the things that are going bad. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the news. I had to after the first few days of the, of watching the news, I was like, oh, I have to stop doing this to myself because mm-hmm. it was just so much doom and gloom. Well, yeah, this is some great advice. I, uh, I'm i going to take some of it personally. The journaling thing, I used to journal. I don't know why I stopped journaling. I need to start doing that again, um, especially during, during this time because it's, it's such an important time to remember. It is. Um, I will add to, because I'm guessing that you journal what has happened. Um, one form of journaling that I found find really helpful is freehand journaling, where you just start writing your thoughts. And it can be a little bit awkward when you start. You start, like, I don't know what I'm going to write. I still don't know what I'm going to write. This feels really stupid. And just keep doing that. And then eventually you'll just kind of start um, write in a stream of, of thoughts and it will surprise you or it surprises me the sort of thoughts that I'm having we have I think about 48 thoughts a minute and um, so mm. sometimes just letting them all out and just looking at you you can almost always see why you're experiencing anxiety once you finish writing you're just like oh wow is this what I'm doing to myself and that allows you to kind of reframe and, and just be intentional about where you're going to direct your thoughts I love it that's yeah, that's a great idea. Just kind of freestyling. All right, cool. Well, hey, it was Linda. It was awesome talking to you. Always a pleasure to hear your voice. I hope you make it back to Los Angeles sooner than later. Uh, Mariah and I miss you. Uh, we are both giving you virtual hugs. Oh, but uh, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to seeing you guys too. As soon as the the um, lockdowns are free, I'm going to be back. LA is one of my favorite places to be. So I'll let you know when I'm there. <laughs> well, LA, you are one of LA's favorite people. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having you back. <laughs> right. All right. Montana. All right. Thanks, Linda. You take care. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.